Hi, welcome to Flywheel Fridays, keeping up with the federal IT news cycle, one conversation at a time. I'm Alexander Bolova, media producer for GovCIO Media and Research. With me today are my wonderful co-hosts, senior researcher Kate Macri and staff writer Catherine McPhail. Catherine and Kate, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Alex. Great to be here. Before we get started, Catherine, can you introduce yourself and your role here at GovCIO Media and Research? I'm Catherine, and I'm a staff writer, and I typically cover the health and civilian agencies. Awesome. Thank you for joining us today. We just wrapped up our AIGov data event, which featured leadership from VA, CDC, DOD, USPTO, the National Science Foundation, and the White House. To start our conversation, Kate, what were some of your immediate takeaways from the event? So I thought one of the most interesting things talked about was just the overall theme of trying to make AI research and development more equitable and more accessible for people outside of big tech companies, um, because there were several folks talking about how historically AI research has been pretty concentrated in a few, a handful of industries and usually like very big companies with lots of money. And it's not always been very accessible even to like people in, you know, primarily research fields just because it's an expensive, you know, endeavor and like the infrastructure isn't always readily available. So I thought it was really interesting hearing from people about how they're working to make AI generally more accessible to people who are who have who have good ideas or want to innovate in the space or just you know want to do some more research on it so i i was really interested in that and that's something that i think it would be really cool for govcio media and research to kind of dig into more in terms of like general reporting definitely that was a big topic that came up a lot today i think Things that I definitely heard folks talking about in the panels was questions of, you know, who, who has access to building AI, but also then there's the question of what data is being used? What are you looking at? And then another thing that came up a lot is who is evaluating those findings? And then what's being done with that data analysis, um, making sure that you have lots of different stakeholders, lots of different opinions and things coming into the equation, and also a real focus on user-centered design, especially when you do finally collect all of your data, apply your AI, and create some sort of model. Who is that serving? And how are you presenting that so that it is useful and actionable? We kicked off the event with a fireside chat on AI for improved mission delivery. Kate, who were our panelists and what was discussed? So our fireside chat, which centered around the topic of AI for improved mission delivery, featured Manish Parashar, who is the director of the Office of Advanced Cyber Infrastructure for the National Science Foundation, and Lynn Parker, who is the assistant director for AI and director of the National AI Initiative Office within the Office of Science and Technology Policy at the White House. And they talked a lot about how they are trying to make AI research and development more accessible and also more equitable while also protecting civil liberties and privacy, because that's been a pretty big issue for all AI research and development 
like no matter who's doing it. Um, just the issue of privacy and how you are using data and how you're developing algorithms and trying to avoid conscious or unconscious bias and how much the human should be involved in decision making and how much you can actually rely on the algorithms that you're developing. So I think it's really great that they are really focused on keeping those at the forefront of their general AI advancement efforts at NSF and the White House. I think that's really important. And it's something that was a long time coming, honestly. So I think that's really cool. And they also talked quite a bit about how to be responsible with AI and how important that is as well, which I feel like is kind of a separate issue from, you know, maintaining civil liberties and, you know, just general like data privacy, citizen privacy. When it comes to AI, I feel like being responsible with AI is related, but it's still pretty different because it's more focused on, am I actually like using this for good or are there going to be like unintended consequences of this algorithm I'm developing to be used like in a court system, like, you know, to decide who gets bail, for example, or to decide like who gets a loan for a house. So stuff like that, I think is really, really important. And I thought it was neat to hear them talking about how they're going to tackle that head on. Our next panel was on developing secure and equitable frameworks for AI. Catherine, what were some of the highlights from this conversation? This was a really fantastic conversation. Um, there was some really interesting discussion around how AI and computing power completely changed the way that we were able to respond to COVID-19 and the global pandemic. In this panel, we had Amanda Purnell, who's the Director of Data and Analytics Innovation for the Department of Veterans Affairs. We had Fred Streitz, who's a Senior Advisor for the Center for Forecasting and Outbreak Analysis at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And we also had David Kiever, who's the Vice President and Division Chief Scientist at Lidos Innovation Center. So one thing that Fred discussed was sort of the massive scale and velocity of data that they were able to look at over the past couple of years, the lab tests, the vaccination statuses, looking at wastewater surveillance, stuff that they weren't doing at this scale before the pandemic. The information was there, but it wasn't being regularly aggregated. And the way that they were able to scale it up was really quite staggering. They were processing a billion laboratory records, um, half a billion immunization records. They said there was approximately a petabyte of clinical and administrative healthcare data that's been absorbed. And you can't do all of that without really powerful computing. Fred also mentioned that just a couple of weeks ago, the US reclaimed the mantle as the owner of the largest computer on the planet at uh, the Department of Energy's Oak Ridge National Laboratory. And it's really like that sort of equipment that was empowered everyone to make data-driven decisions. And then really in that vein, they also discussed the fact that when you are looking at massive amounts of data, you need to evaluate the findings and you need to evaluate who is evaluating those findings. Um, Amanda from the VA, really emphasized how important it is to have a broad group of stakeholders. 
people with a variety of disciplinary backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds, gender backgrounds, to look at the data and make sure that you're asking all of the right questions. And then on the flip side of that, there's also another thing that came up during both of the panels is what you do when you're working with very sensitive data and sort of strategies for making sure that everyone's privacy is protected if there's personal information. Um, and this is really an ongoing struggle, but Fred mentioned some exciting work being done. Um, the Department of Energy is working on a project that encrypts identity data really end to end. So no one ever even sees unencrypted data. And that's a way to sort of bring in data from a lot of different sources and make sure that it's all protected. But when you do want to aggregate massive amounts of data, it's really difficult because all of the different sources have standards that they have to meet to ensure that everyone's privacy is being protected. And that's also something um, that NAIR is working on as well. Our last panel featured leadership from DOD and USPTO discussing data visualization to enhance modeling and simulation. Catherine, as the panel's moderator, what were some of your main takeaways? This was a really fantastic and fun panel. Um, we had Erica Bauer, who's the lead product designer for the Chief Digital and Artificial Intelligence Office for Digital Services at the Department of Defense. And we had Scott Beliveau, who is the Chief for Enterprise Advanced Analytics at the US Patent and Trademark Office. And part of what was interesting about this panel is that um, the USPTO and DOD have sort of different missions in that oftentimes the USPTO is trying to disseminate and share its AI findings. And the DOD, on the other hand, deals with a lot of private and classified information. And so they have to work in extremely thorough um, security measures from beginning to end. But even within you know, those two sort of different missions, they have a lot in common from the perspective of user-centered design. Both of them spoke at length about the importance of communication upfront, particularly in the discovery phase for when you are building an AI and a visualization tool, figuring out, you know, not starting with the IT and like what the cool technology is, but starting with the business process, starting with the problem, the pain points, communicating um, with your customers, with your stakeholders to figure out wh what is the problem that they're facing and, and how can you best solve it? And then building in those feedback loops throughout the entire design and deployment process. I think um, Scott mentioned this fun metaphor. He explained that, you know, his grandfather was a plumber. When you think about a plumber coming and picking the right tool, you don't want someone to come to your house with just a wrench. You want them to come with the whole pickup truck, with the whole toolkit, and, you know, figure out really like what is the best fit, what is cost effective, what is efficient, and not just what's fancy and new. And then another big discussion, especially for Erica at the DOD, is how to work with classified data. And I think her biggest strategy there was to bring in um, a lot of partners, security experts, legal team, data scientists, and really like trying to work with synthetic data, but most especially trying to work with other experts and figuring out what the possibilities are and, and how you can build the best model privately and securely. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the chief digital and AI office at DOD addresses some of the issues and 
challenges around AI, kind of like what we are hearing from a lot of the people at the event today. I mean, the new office, the CDAO office, has absorbed the Joint Artificial Intelligence Center, the Jake, the Defense Digital Service, where Erica Bauer came from, and the general like chief data office at DOD all into one office. And they've been talking a lot about how they're really trying to set data standards and governance so that they can have, you know, consistent, ethical, responsible AI development throughout the department. But one of their big challenges right now, which I feel like was kind of highlighted in the event today, was that lots of people have some AI technologies that they're using in DOD but there isn't consistency and DOD collects a lot of data and they don't have a very standardized way of handling that data and then feeding it into AI algorithms in a way that's like consistent and is accounting for any potential like, you know, privacy, like ethical, et cetera, et cetera, issues. That's something they're working on, but it's something that they're still trying to get up to speed on. And, you know, training the workforce to use data and AI responsibly is also a big priority for the CDAO office right now, at least based on comments from some folks at the DOD Digital and AI Symposium and an AI luncheon this week. So it'll be really interesting to see how they kind of dive into that and start working on some of these problem areas. It seems like it's uh, there's like a common theme around training workforce, standardizing data, just general data management techniques, and making sure AI is being used ethically and responsibly, like basically across the federal government right now. If you missed the event, all panels will be available to watch on our website. We're going to be taking a little break from Flywheel Fridays for the 4th of July weekend, but we'll be back in a month to recap our next event, Women Tech Leaders, which will be in person at the International Spy Museum on July 14th. We look forward to seeing you there, but until then, that's all for today's Flywheel Fridays. If you enjoyed this episode, keep the conversation turning by subscribing and leaving a review on the podcast platform of your choice. I'm Alexander Bolova. I'm Kate Macri. And I'm Catherine McPhail. Thank you for listening. Flywheel Fridays, along with GovCast, HealthCast, and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released weekly across our shows. You can follow all of them in your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at govcio.com.